If you feel that life is just giving you more than you can handle, please realize that you are not alone. Welcome to Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out with your hosts, the founders of Abba Daddy House, Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We're here to listen and provide help for you and others. At last, you have a place to speak out and be heard. Now, here are your hosts, Annette and Myrna. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to our world, and we are wanting to be in your world today. We are live from downtown Cottonwood, Idaho at Major Bargains. John Mauger is graciously allowing us to use his office and his internet. And may Jesus bless John for his deeds. Yeah. And I'm Myrna. I'm Annette. And you know what? Annette and I have missed our one-on-one with you guys, our listeners. We've really missed that. So... We decided to do a one-on-one. That's right. And we're going to probably kind of schedule in some more one-on-one with you guys because we appreciate the time that you take to listen to us and our guests, but we just really like the connection of just us. It's kind of personal. It is. It is very personal. And we're going to let Annette introduce the topic of our show today. Yeah. We are. I am. Who is? I am. You are. I am who are. What's the topic today, Annette? What Burnout. Mm. You know what? I just threw my papers on the floor. You did throw your papers on the floor. But you know what? When we have burnout and everybody experiences burnout, mm-hmm. it's not fun. No, it's not. It's like a roller coaster ride. Have you ever been on a roller coaster ride? One time, and I kissed the ground afterwards and told my husband, never again. But have you had burnout? More than one time. Yeah. And I didn't kiss the ground. (laughs) You'd like to, though, because burnout is bad. Sometimes when you have burnout, you think, no, I've never experienced that because you want to blame it on your hormones. Mm, People blame everything on their hormones. You know what, men? You have hormone problems, too. And you can blame burnout on that, too. But you know what? hormones are going to do have you ever seen these little squishy like have you ever seen the raisin men oh uh-huh. you know those raisin men with those little, little hands? stuffy thingies yeah they got feet and they're mm-hmm. just crinkly well that's what a, a hormone is and they're getting boxing gloves and they're gonna start fighting back okay because it's not their fault uh, yeah, because it's not their fault and they get blamed for everything hormones do yeah hormones do poor guys but having burnout for girls hormones Hormones can be guys or girls. Okay, okay. Got to get that straight. Yeah, some of them can be pretty hairy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But you know what? When you you have burnout, it sneaks up on you. Mm. And so does hormones. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Burnout is different. It is. How? Because it attacks you, and it can come up on you very slowly. And you start out with... um, She's getting really creepy right now, guys. I mean, she's like, she's like using her hands and fingers to attack me. So, all right. Well, you, you feel a little bit kind of sluggish when you first start getting burnout. You mm-hmm. think, wow, I slept all night. And I feel really still tired. Okay. Have you ever felt that? Uh, yeah, this morning. <laughs> I feel that way all the time, though. <laughs> My trouble is I can't have burnout every day, and I can't blame it on burnout every day. No. <laughs> but you know what? Along with feeling tired, when your day begins, you lose more and more energy. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon you get this, you say, wait a minute, it's sunny out and it feels foggy in my head. Okay. So you think there's something more going wrong than just just 
losing tiredness or maybe my energy's down. There's something more going wrong. Well, then you start your day. Now, this could be people that just live at home or this can be people that work. Okay. You can have burnout in different areas of life. Then you sit there and think, oh, I got to do something. I, if I make myself get up and do something, this will go away. Because it's just my hormones, you know. Mm-hmm. So you get up and you start plowing into something. Now me, from my experience, I just had it about two weeks, two weeks ago. ago. I had burnout really bad. Really bad, guys. So, I know. I was there. I ducked. <laughs> she was the butt of my burnout. I ducked. I went to the office. I, uh, I went downstairs. <laughs> well, I, ran, I went to my bedroom. I went to my bedroom to do to take care of my burnout because yes. I thought if I get busy mm-hmm. and I start cleaning out things I don't need mm-hmm. that's making me feel crowded in and rearrange my bedroom a little bit, I'll feel better. Okay. I really will because I always thought change things around and makes mm-hmm. you feel better. Mm-hmm. So I got in there. I pulled things out. She did. I got everything into the middle of my room. She did. And boy, did it stay there. She did. Because you did. know what? I couldn't finish it. You're right. I said, I can't do this. I just can't do this. So I laid down on my bed, and guess what? <laughs> I crashed. Burnout crashes you. How'd you crash? You didn't fall asleep. I did. You did? And then guess How what? Long? About two seconds. Oh, okay. Because then Larry decided he wanted to clean the porch off of snow. Mm. And guess what? I got angry. Mm. And then after the anger passed, then the tears came. I didn't know what I was crying about. I searched and I searched and I searched to find out what I was crying about. I thought, what on earth is wrong with me? Did you know that God even experienced burnout? Really? Mm-hmm. He was He was fully God, but he was fully human. You mean Jesus did? Mm-hmm. Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. Yep, he went. He went off to be by himself so he could recuperate. Mm-hmm. And he had. He wanted us to follow in his footsteps. And so he expects us to do that. Okay. I I just didn't. From okay, I I I don't know that he did experience burnout. Because well, he could have. He could have. I would agree with that. He could have experienced burnout, but, but the, he did but not. But the Bible says he's experienced everything I that think, we have. I think he had. He could have, but I don't think he did. And the Bible's wrong when it says he's experienced no. everything we have. No, I think that he could have been at the. I think he's experienced burnout. Okay. I think God knows every human frailty. That's why he came to earth. I think he's experienced burnout. He knew how to handle it. I would agree with that. Okay. God knew where to go and what to do. I agree with that. God knows that we should take time to regroup and Mm -hmm. get peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And he did. He didn't always get away from people, neither do we. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when I got my burnout, for some reason, everything anybody said to me that day, I cried about. I don't know why I was crying. I kept thinking, this is silly. I cried because there was a piece of dust on my floor. I cried because I couldn't put things up. I cried over everything. So then I decided 
had to do something about this because I had to be in control of it. So then I decided I was going to do something about it. And the only thing I needed to do is get away from phones, Mm -hmm. TVs, everything. Anything that would get into my world, I had to be alone. I had to do something. So I went to a motel for two days Mm -hmm. to be by myself and with God. Mm -hmm. It helped. I still experienced the burnout some, but not as much. And eventually it went away. The best, the best self-help book in the whole world for burnout is the Bible. That's right. I believe that with my whole heart because I use it. Mm-hmm. How can we really do God's work if we're worn out and not taking care of ourselves? Because God said to love yourself, to love your neighbors. Mm-hmm. So how can we do God's work if we don't take care of ourselves? Exactly. How can we love other people if we're in burnout and we're barking at them? Mm-hmm. Or we're crying whenever they say something that doesn't even really amount to a hill of beans. You know? Love's the answer. How can you love somebody? Right. If you're burnt out. Exactly. And we're going to... We're going to expand on that, uh, on the burnout, and we're going to talk about Jesus, and and he had far more responsibility and pressure than anybody else in this world, far more personnel, um, responsibility and pressure, and he remained relaxed, patient, joyful, and generous with people, including many very difficult or very needy people. I mean, Annette has already referred to that. So... The question is, how did Jesus do that? How did he stay calm and focused in all of that when you are having someone um, pull on you 24-7? I know with our, in our, we're mental health providers, and so we basically are on call 24-7. And it can wear on you. I mean, that's what God's called us to do, so we're not complaining. It's just that sometimes it does get tiring. Sometimes that mm-hmm. burnout does get close because you give and give and give, and then sometimes you have nothing left to give because there's nothing there. You're depleted. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're, I mean, we sit down to eat. The phone rings. we got to get up, talk to somebody. We go to our room to relax and do something for ourselves. The phone rings. we got to give. We go to bed. The phone rings. We got to get up. Even got to talk to someone. Even on the way driving in here to to Cottonwood this morning, mm-hmm. we had um, we had somewhat of a crisis for a family, and um, you know we had to jiggle. Th- we actually we had two phones going on at the same time, <laughs> and so that's a little tricky when you're in a vehicle and there's two phone calls going on. And, you know, but, you know, God gives us the wisdom to do that. And, you, and the strength. And the strength. And we're going to talk about that today, um, later on in our in our session. But when we come back from break. One time last week, if you remember right, we had a, a married couple that was having a crisis. And, and we had to work with the husband at one point. And yep. then we was driving home. We thought we had them settled down. And, and then think of it. We got over to Cottonwood and. The wife was there, wanted mm-hmm. to stop us in the car, and we sat for, two, what, two hours and, th- and worked with her? Yeah. But you know what? That's what God has mm-hmm. us do. 
and we don't mind. Mm-hmm. We do it because we love people. So how did Jesus do this? He tended to explain, you know, we tend to explain Jesus' holiness and everything. Well, he did it because he's the son of God. And you know what? That is a fact. He was, the, he is the son of God. But we also have to remember that Jesus was fully God, but he was also, what Annette had said, was he fully was fully man. man. He'd get tired, mm-hmm. but he didn't, he didn't stop if somebody nope. needed him. No. He and still gave. He still gave. And so we're going to, when we come back, because we're getting ready to go to break, we're going to talk about how Jesus stayed connected how Jesus stayed connected and what his ministry was about and about his burnout and then how we can apply all of that to our lives. We're going to talk about the stages of burnout the, um, the, and also the um, signs of burnout when we come back from break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4 verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. All right, we've been talking about burnout. Annette has, has been talking about how she was went through burnout a couple of weeks ago and she just had to kind of take a break from the world and spend some time alone and not really alone because her and Jesus were there together and kind of just get things back in perspective and get get on some solid ground. And, and we were talking about how Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, how did he, how did he, because he was constantly being pulled upon and um, his ministry lasted three years. And how did he handle all of the stress, all of the demands, and all of the um, conflict? Because there was definitely conflict that people um, put upon him. And we can find that in, in the Bible. And it's in John chapter 15. We're not going to read that to you, but it's in the Gospel of John chapter 15 and there's the answer and I'll just tell you in one short sentence Jesus stayed connected to God period he stayed connected and he abided in the father his time with Abba and we like that because our business name is Abba Daddy 
ABBA Girls is our ABBAGirlsLive.com. I mean, ABBAGirls.live is our um, radio. And so we love the word ABBA. And, he st- and Jesus stayed connected with ABBA. And that was the most important thing to him, not his ministry to others, but staying connected. And I think that's what Annette and I have learned is that in our ministry, we have to stay abiding. We have to stay connected to God and make sure that connection is strong. And that has to be before ministering to others, because if we don't have that connection, we can't continue to give. We have. In fact, we were talking about that this morning on our way in. Yeah. Well, a lot of my wisdom, mm-hmm. if I don't stay connected with God, I don't got wisdom. Mm-hmm. And you can't help other people through your own wisdom. That's right. Our wisdom's very weak. Yes. And so you got to have that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Relationship with God's important. Mm-hmm. Very important. I was telling Annette that if I go, what I when, when I get up in the mornings, I have a, a quiet time, and. That quiet time for me is prayer and Bible study, and I journal, because God speaks to me through my writing, and so that's my time, and if if there is, for some reason, I go two days consecutively without spending that time with my Lord and my Jesus, I feel like there's just this disconnection in my life, there's this void, and I don't like it if there's this uneasiness, and um, it's like kind of letting the world kind of creep in. And, man, I, I run back to it. I, I can't go be, without it because it's that's like plugging my energy into the wall and, and getting re, re, recharged. And that's the way Jesus was. His life of quiet prayer and tender intimacy with Abba was his source of his love, his wisdom, and power. His ministry was an overflow of his oneness with Abba. And there's like six reasons Jesus chose solitude over people. Six of them. And one of them is to prepare for a major task. I mean, Jesus, what, after Jesus was baptized, he spent 40 days praying in the wilderness. After this, he was tempted by Satan. And then he began his public ministry. So, Learn from Jesus. If you're, if you're preparing for a major task, you better be hitting your knees. Well, he also, to recharge after hard work, in Mark 6, 30, 32, Jesus sent the 12 disciples out to do ministry. When they returned, he encouraged them to separate from the people who were following them to rest. Okay. and That's highly important. That is. And what did, he went out on a... Jesus went out on a retreat with his disciples by the boat. John the Baptist died. They needed to grieve together. They needed to comfort one another. Again, the disciples had just come in for ministry. They needed to debrief and and talk about Jesus, about this is what happened and this is what happened. But the crowds interrupted their whole retreat. Now think about that. You're grieving, but yet you're excited about telling Jesus what happened. And everything got turned upside down. So Jesus could have said, hey, everybody just go away, you know, we're grieving here, we have, we, we have our period of mourning, and the di- disciples could have said, eh, you know, we got to talk to the boss here for a while, y'all just go away. But you know what came out of that? He fed the 5,000 people. Jesus looked past what he needed and what the disciples wanted and fed the 5,000. Wow. That is a statement about his ministry. 
they also, to work through grief, again, we talked about John the Baptist. He'd been beheaded, and Jesus did go by, he went away by himself to kind of work through that. Yeah, and before making very important decisions, Christ, in his early ministry, Jesus spent by the olive. He went a short distance away from his disciples to pray. Christ always prayed. He he made it important to pray for anything that he wanted. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was, it was important to Jesus. He was in a great emotional agony knowing what he was about to face. Exactly. I mean, he was going to be put to death for our sins. Mm-hmm. And he prayed and he, I mean, he wailed over that. That's right. He even asked God to take this from him right. if it be God's will. But Jesus was still always willing to do to God's do will. Before that, he, before, way before that, when he made, when he chose the 12 disciples, he took a time out and he, and he, and he went and prayed. All night. Hold the whole night. Yeah. It, that's in Luke chapter six. So, and, and then he, t- he focused on prayer a lot. And in Mark one thirty five it says what? Early in the morning, Jesus had a custom of going out to lonely, to a lonely place and to pray. My favorite place to go is either at a river. Mm-hmm. I can I can so concentrate at a river, or I have a prayer garden out at our place. Mm-hmm. It's in the trees because I like being around the trees. Trees are my favorite mm-hmm. spot because of my childhood. But I, I've got a little prayer garden put out there. Right now, it's all snowed in. I can't get to it. But when I can get to it, I love to go there and study my Bible and talk to God. And I always, God has never failed me. He's mm-hmm. always talked to me when I'm out there. Mm-hmm. And he's put his arm around me. And it is just an awesome place to go to be with God. Mm-hmm. And God honors it. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have some chairs out there. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a fireplace. Cro- uh-huh. can, and a cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an awesome place. It is. But you know, you can pick a place that's that's serene for you. And that makes you feel close to God. Nature is a good place for me. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has their place where they can feel closeness to God. You know, mine mine is my quiet time chair, and that's what I that's my quiet time chair. And I I usually only ninety nine percent of the time, that's the only place I have my quiet time, and um, I don't sit in that chair unless I'm having my quiet time. And when I'm sitting there, that my husband knows. Oh, okay. Well, this is not a good time to talk to her. You know, because that's where I'm at. He doesn't leave me alone when I'm in my room. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something you need to talk to him about. <laughs> I go to my closet. <laughs> so, but yeah, pick, like Annette's saying, pick out a place, somewhere where you can be with, with Christ and just talk to him like we're talking to you. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. He just wants to have a conversation with you. That's that's all he wants. But did you realize that Jesus was the first disciple? Because he was a disciple of the Father. He was the disciple of Abba. And that's why he can disciple us. In his lifestyle, in what he did, in the way he did it, he shows us how to live a generous and joyous life. He's conf- he was confident in his teaching, and he's confident in teaching us. In the midst of a stressful world, we can learn to live in an easy yoke. And we'll talk about a yoke later on, okay? He knows this because he proved it in his own life. He knows from personal experience as a human being that he has to be submitted to God. 
And that's what we have to do. We have to be submitted to God. Okay. We're going to talk. So anything else to add to that about burnout in Christ and how we do that? No, but I think that if we follow Christ and we do what he did on earth, we'd have a better time with it. Yeah. And when I had this last burnout, God did tell me that we needed to start taking a monthly sabbatical because we know we're going to experience burnout if we push ourselves beyond. Exactly. God took regular times Mm -hmm. to be alone. Mm -hmm. He took regular times for prayer. He took regular times to take care of himself. Yeah, and he, and he had far more stress than we did. Far yeah, more. I mean, far more. he had the whole world. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just getting to say. He had the whole world, and it's just us, and it's just us here, um, trying to take care of things. Um, so yeah, we need to follow his example yeah. for sure, for sure. You know what? There are stages of burnout, and um, there I was I was googling it, and the information that we're going to share with you. There's four stages of burnout, and this is from Mark Gorkin. And he's called Distress Doc. But there was one that was like uh, 12 stages of burnout. And I figured by the time we got to the 12th stage, we'd be burnout. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I, I did good having my own three stages of burnout. I didn't even get to the third stage when I headed for the motel. <laughs> but that's good. That really is good for you to recognize it that soon. So. Well, I've experienced it enough. Mm-hmm. When I first started having burnout, I didn't know it was burnout. Right. I thought I was sick. I thought there was something wrong with me. I go to the doctor. <laughs> when I when I finished graduate school, graduate school was fast paced. I mean, we did it in two years, and it was like every six weeks we went through a course, and you had more than one book to read, you had more than one paper to write, and it was intense. And I love to read. And after I finished my um, my master's program, I did not pick a book up for a very I would say for six months, and that's pretty rare for me because, as Annette knows, I even read telephone books. She kids me about that. but There's some things she reads that are pretty strange. So, I hate to tell you, but she's a reader. I am. If you have anything writing on the wall, you better hide it or she'll read it. Hey, I'm curious. <laughs> I read. But, yeah, after my master's program, I just did not want to pick a book up for six months. That'd be the day. Well, I was there. So so um, there are stages to burnout. And the first stage, I think, Annette, you want to just kind of introduce it? Well, it's called physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion. And you know what? That is bad. It is. Because it, it feels like you're sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I went through that. And you still can kind of manage working because I went to work mm-hmm. I started it starts out low mm-hmm. and but it it grad I mean it doesn't take a gradual climb it cut it, it's not going up a slope it's going down because mm-hmm. it whoom, comes in it's it's bad when I got it I was still holding together pretty good at work I still can relate to this sequence mm-hmm. but you know what I'm going to finish telling you this when we come back from break. <laughs> oh, man, that's not fair. It gives them something to see when they come back. Something. All right. Yeah. So I guess we're going to break then, huh? I'll draw them a picture when we get back. You're going to draw them a picture? Yeah. So she'll draw you a picture. So we'll go to break. And we'll come back. 
Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Okay, so Annette's the artist here in the group. So she's going to paint you a picture of physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion. Hit it, Annette. Well, like I was telling you, I could still hold it together at work when I was there and school, but I was getting where I wasn't able to do my drawing, and I love art. I love my art, but I wasn't doing it much. I was holding it pretty much together, but yet dropping out on it, and I thought, something's wrong here. So I could relate to this sequence, but at the same time, I, I'd i get home, and I would head straight from my bedroom and collapse. And I'd think, I shouldn't be this tired. I shouldn't want to go to bed this early in the evening. I used to sit up till about 10, 11 o'clock at night and do my homework. What's going on with me? Something's happening. First thing I wanted to blame it on was cancer or vitamin D. Mm-hmm. I went to my doctor just the other day. You know what I said? I said, Dr. Seacrest, I think my vitamin D is dropping. Because I see, see, see. <laughs> he started laughing. He told me I was too witty. But doing less, that that's a big sign. Because if you're used to doing a whole lot of stuff, like going to work, talking to people, doing art, doing mm-hmm. your office work mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and then you cut it back and you're not doing as much, you know there's something going on. Mm-hmm. That's a sign of physical and mental, emotional exhaustion. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You just don't have the energy. Yeah. And then you you take pride in all that. I mean, I take pride in my homework. I take pride in my drawing because I know I'm getting good at mm-hmm. it. I started out drawing stick people, and now I can draw real people. <laughs> With five. Hey, yeah. And then you get, five digits on their hand. Then you get burnout, and you say, I can't do this. I'm, I'm not holding up. 
That's your first stage. That's your first showing that you're getting something going on. And then I started saying, well, my teacher told me I'm going to be an artist, right? Mm -hmm. And I told you that I'm going to, we're going to go somewhere Mm -hmm. with this. Mm -hmm. Then when I got the burnout, shame and doubt, Mm -hmm. I started saying, I can't do this. So shame and doubt was your second stage? Uh Okay. You doubted who? I doubted me. I doubted my abilities. Okay. I started telling myself, you know, what made me think I could do this? Okay. What made me think I could keep up with counseling people and Mm -hmm. going to school and doing the office work? Because the last, with the cancer, I thought, I'm not going to be able to keep up with all that. Mm -hmm. And... I'm not going to be able to, he, get, he get, laid me on another stage of homework. Mm-hmm. Yep, you went up a level. Just mm-hmm. right when I'm having burnout. Yep. And I told myself, I'm not going to make it. I can't do it. And then I then I, I got the shame of putting him through all the time of teaching me. Why would I do that to somebody when I can't even keep up with mm-hmm. it? That was the shame. I knew something was wrong. My logical process wasn't right. I wondered, what's my friends and family's going to think when I drop out of college? What's my friend, friends and family's going to think when I don't keep up and take care of the business with you? And then when we got to talking, I barked. She barked. I bit your head off. She she did. Her her. Let me see. The bark is worse than the bite. I don't know, guys. At that point, it, it, it was. It's a, it's not the norm. It was a voice inside me, relentlessly shouting, "Imposter, imposter!" And I felt like an imposter. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I bit your head off. I didn't I, want you to see me. I had to get rabies shots. It's <laughs> <laughs> your teeth mark on her. <laughs> and then all of a sudden. Uh, I emitted tears. Mm. I mean, there was tears just pouring out of mm-hmm. my eyes. And that's when I came down from the imposter person mm-hmm. and biting your head off. And I decided I got to do something. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't quit crying. Mm. And she went, she took me in the car to take me to the motel. And her husband, I was dried up by then. Mm-hmm. But we rolled down the window to tell him I was going to go somewhere and be alone for a few days. And the tears came again. It just. I had nothing to do, but I, I, I'm a runner, but you know what? I didn't run that time. I just sat and bawled. <laughs> Definitely. That was pretty weird, guys, because usually she'll just run her little feet off. So I started out with mental exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, and when I'm emotionally exhausted, I, get, I went to the shame and doubt. When you get shame in, then then I just cry. I give up. Mm-hmm. So that's stage one and two. Stage three is cynicism and callousness. That means you ha- you develop an attitude. And I didn't I'm, get there. I didn't <laughs> let myself get there. Which means you look at number one. You look out for yourself. You cover your dairy air. No one's going to get me, okay? In the short run, the strategy works. Excuse me, strategy works because no one wants to be around you because you're obnoxious and you're abrasive. You're pessimistic, you're skeptic, you're insensitive, you're hard-hearted. All of that, you become that in stage three. I don't think I get to stage no. three. And well, that's a tough one. But, you know, that's not a good characteristic if you're in the mental health business. Uh, yeah, that'd be hard to be. 
I'm just not that type of person. No, no. and um, so it's just kind of cynicism and callous. I mean, and so when you're around people that are like that, obviously, again, you don't want to be that way. You don't want to. Um, when you when someone's looking out for themselves, you realize, uh oh, that's not, and they're not normally that way. Okay, so I mean, there's people that usually there's people of those that do look out for themselves and they could care less about everybody else. But when a normal person, when a person who is normally compassionate and, and soft hearted turns kind of cynically, has cynicism and callous, you know, insensitive, then you know something's going on. And, and then you can kind of step in and stay, you know, if you want, yeah, got to be brave though. Is there something I can do? But, <laughs> God will not forget your work. Okay, this is what happened. Was and I'm going to read that. Um, I was, I was the other day. And this is where I was at on the um, the the skeptic the skepticism. Um, somebody sent a text, and it and the text said, "God will not forget your work, and the love you have shown His people." Hebrews six ten, and immediately, immediately. I, I became, I, I did, immediate response was what's going on now, who's coming up against us, what is going on, is this person trying to warn us about something, um, who's talking to, who's, who's, shit, who's spreading lies now, I mean, total skeptic, pessimistic, and I, when I was going through these stages, I thought, oh my goodness, I wasn't callous, but I was like, ooh, you're, you're getting there, girl, you're getting there, and so I stopped, because I really wanted to text back and say, uh, okay, so why are you saying this? What's behind it? Um, what do you know that we don't know? Do you need to warn us about something? And I stopped, and I took a step back, and I, and this is the honest truth. I said, thanks, in capital letters. You are a blessing to us. So then when Annette and I were able to um, talk again, I spoke with her, and she helped me see the the real um, <clears throat> excuse me, the real intent of behind the text. The person really did just mean exactly what the Bible says. That. They were complimenting yes, us. God will not forget the work that we do. So, wow. And it sneaked up. It really, it sneaks up on you. It's, burnout doesn't just facilitate a hardening of the psyche, but it also can start smoldering into frustration and anger, which what? turns to suspicion and mistrust. I was there. And then it also can harden our attitude, and it also hardens our arteries. It's not a good thing uh, for us health-wise. You know, a heart attack if we don't take, take, don't take care of ourselves. And so stage one was the physical, emotional, and um, mental exhaustion. Stage two, shame and doubt. Stage three, cynicism, easy for me to say. And callousness, stage four. Mm. Stage four is failure, hopelessness, and crisis, which means it's a catch-22. I'm darned if I do, and I'm darned if I don't. How many people have been there? Ooh, I have. That's when the smoke signals start coming out, okay? And the crisis smoke signals are billowing. Me? I get, I don't go to the, the three and four stage. I go to the, I feel like I have to get away. I'm a runner. When I have, like, pressures that come up on me or people cause me problems, I run. Mm-hmm. I'm a runner. 
I run away from my problems. So that's the why I went to the motel to run away from my problems. I thought if I got away and I got by myself, I could work through it and maybe get, I could cry it out. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the motel to do that and to talk to God. I ran away from everything. Mm-hmm. I decided people aren't going to call me there. I'm not taking my, I'm not going to have my cell phone on most of the time so they can't call me on my cell phone. I have a hot tub over there. I can just relax and talk to God. And nobody's going to know I'm there. And I told the people at the desk, nobody is to call me here. Nobody's to know I'm here. The only one to know I'm here is Myrna. And she's the only one that can call me or come to my room. So they mm-hmm. put a blackout on my my room. And so I ran. I went there and I talked to God and I worked through it. Yeah. Well, on this fourth stage, it is actually, uh, that's when you start making a mountain out of a molehill. You overreact. You're oversensitive. And again, it is crisis. You feel like a failure. You're helpless. You just can't do anything. You have crumbled emotionally on the inside all of your defenses are gone you you have exhausted everything that you can do the good news is you know what burnout is not for wimps what do you think (laughs) but they get it burnout is not for wimps because a lot of their folks would have jumped ship much earlier in these stages in burnout and many of us reach the, the farther stages of burnout because of our tenacity, our dedication, and our strong re- responsibility to others. So if you experience burnout, I know that it's a bad thing, but then it's a good thing to see that you have that dedication mm-hmm. and to see that you have that tenacity. And maybe if you have the training and, and the know-how how to get out of it, you can deal with burnout. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because everybody can get burnout. Yeah. And even if you're working with people, you get more burnout. Mm-hmm. Because when you work with people, that's a hard job. It is. It is very hard. But you have a good tool to use to get out of it. Burnout doesn't take a pill. No, it doesn't. Burnout takes a way to get away from it and mm-hmm. take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. God can help you with burnout. Yeah, he can. The... Um, you know, it's, it's crunch time when you start reaching pay, um, stage four and are you ready to step up to the plate and reach out for help and the resources? And what we're going to do is when we come back, we're going to talk about, because we're going to break, when we come back, we're going to talk about giving up and getting that help, okay? And we have a very perfect example in how to get that help when we come back from break. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. 
Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. You know, we've been talking about the stages of burnout, and the fourth stage was about feeling hopeless and the crisis point, um, crisis point and the I need to reach out and do something. And, you know, as mental health providers, you know, the first thing we can tell you is, hey, find, find a mental health provider that can help you out. And, and we do, you know, we can say that. And we do suggest that. Make sure you find someone that you can trust. Because burnout is mental. It is. And it will help you um, through that. But I guess before we're a mental health provider, Annette, we are Christians, right? Yeah. And the answer is what? God. Mm-hmm. The answer is Jesus. And, that, and I feel like that we would short you, listeners, if we didn't tell you how to do that. And in Matthew, which is in the the first book of the Old Testament, Matthew chapter 11, Jesus talks about a process on how to deal with burnout. Doesn't that sound silly? No. It doesn't, does it? I told you the Bible is a good book. Did you? But some people don't realize that that talks about burnout. I mean, it talks about burnout a lot. But in this scripture, Matthew 11, it talks about... Jesus tells us, come to me. Oh, so we're supposed to come to him. All ye who are weak Mm -hmm. and weary. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus is inviting us, seeking for us, seeking for us that has experienced that burnout or starting to burn out or can't handle what's going on right now in our lives. He says, hey, guys, I'm here. I'm right here. Come to me. I'll, you know, give me your load. I'm already here. Come on. Just come to me. That's all it takes. And I did. Mm-hmm. And it works. And I'm drawing again. Mm-hmm. And I'm working again. Mm-hmm. So he says, come to me. Just just come here. Just come here and let me. You know, this is funny. It's not funny. It's awesome. We've had so much snow, and, and there was a sculpture, <laughs> and it was totally, totally God-made. It changed. I think four times. I know. It was so awesome. But the last of it was, it looked like Jesus holding, holding a, a child, child in his arms. The first time it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then it turned to the side. Mm-hmm. And then it was the cape. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't see his face. And then it became him holding the child. It was awesome. Honest, guys. It was, It was. I mean, you could just see. And you could just put yourself in that. It was out as it melted down. Down, uh-huh. You could just put yourself inside of Jesus' arms in that snow. And I sculpture. asked God when I seen that as it transformed, I said, Lord, you mean you're an artist too? <laughs> Whoa, I'm going to become an artist like That's Jesus. That's right. And when we go to Jesus, he says he's going to give us rest. Rest from our physical, emotional, relational exhaustions. But we have to go to Jesus so that we can give him that load. And he does give you rest. 
Mm-hmm. I felt him take burdens mm-hmm. off of my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I felt him lift it. You see, I walk day by day with cancer, with burdens, with people's stuff on me. I don't know what I'm going to say to them when I go to the office, mm-hmm. when they talk to us. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say to mm-hmm. them. I say, Lord, when I get out of bed in the morning, I say, Lord, give me the wisdom. Because I know when I go there, I have to have answers. And I don't, I don't think... I don't look up answers in a book. I don't look on the internet for answers to give to them. I wait till God gives it to me. And whoa, some of the answers he gives, Mm -hmm. they're awesome. Mm -hmm. I had the blessing this week to pray with someone. And um, as we were praying, I could literally feel this person release. I mean, physically, because I was holding hands with this person. And I could feel the release of that burden from them, leave them. That was a deciding moment for that person. Mm-hmm. And that's what God's talking about, is just release it to me. And it was like 50 pounds was lifted from this person. And I could just feel it in, his hand, in that person's hands. The scripture goes on to say that, um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Whoa. So a yoke is a, in, in Christ's time was a, a, a red, not a red, a, 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 a um, I'm sorry, I've lost figure eight. That's what it was. It was a figure eight and was made for two heads of the oxen. Okay. So each, each oxen had placed it in, in one of the section of, of the um, yoke. And so what Jesus is saying is, so you put your head on this side. I'll put my head on this side of the yoke, but let me do the leading. Let me do the healing. Put your trust in me and I'll take this one for you. All you have to do is just follow me. You don't even have to do anything. Just rest. I'll take the load. I'll take you where you need to go. Just follow me. That's it. Just follow me. Because you know what? It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Whoa. He is. He is. Gentle and humble. And learn. Learn from Jesus. That means an intimate relationship with him. Open yourself up to him. Jesus is there 24 hours a day. You need to, and he has a viewpoint, and you need to listen to his viewpoint because it will give you rest. It will give you rest. For he, for he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he says, give me, your, give me your cumbersome thing. Give me your cumbersome issue. Give me what you're hanging on to, what's, what's the burnout is all about. You give it to me, I'll take it, and I'll give you the light stuff. That's how you deal with burnout. That's how you deal with burnout. You just give it all to Jesus. And it sounds pretty simple. And you know what? It is simple. It's that simple. Because God knows we can't do anything too complicated. He didn't expect us to. No. No. He loves us enough to make it simple for us. Mm-hmm. We make it complicated. So he says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's all he wants to do. Let's just exchange burdens, he says. He loves us. Mm-hmm. It's a love that is different than the love we've ever known. Mm-hmm. No strings attached. And he won't leave us or forsake us. No, no, no strings attached. And if you have questions or you have comments, you can contact us. Um, we have, our email is abadaddyhouse7 
at gmail.com. You can connect with us on our website at albadaddygirls.com or on Facebook. Or you can call the show while we're talking. <laughs> we have, We'd love to talk to you. Or you can you can um, call the show, you can call us afterwards on a landline, which we will return your call as soon as possible. But that is um, 208-962-7384. And we will be glad to talk to you about exchanging yolks. We're going to Arizona the 26th. You'll be able to see us on uh, Facebook and Twitter because we're going to go live. We're going to show you what we look like. Oh, no. Show you what we act like. Oh. And show you how we feel because we love you guys. And we want to get you guys to call in. We want you to know we're real. And we love y'all. Yes, we do. And we do appreciate you listening. We appreciate you um, sharing our our story and our, our um, radio podcast with other people and having and encouraging them to listen because we, we want to share the love of Christ. We want to be friends with everybody out there. Mm-hmm. We want you to know that this is a talk show that you guys could connect with, talk with be with we're your talk show mm-hmm. so call in and talk with us and again or you can email us abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com because we want to connect but yeah. we again we thank you for listening and we just appreciate this time with you and um, any any last words Annette yeah we want you guys to know that you know we want to teach you things we want you to learn things from us that's what this talk show is all about learning things and the experiences we've had we want to share with all of you and get you to learn things that we've learned make things easier that's why we teach you about burnout that's why we have people that written books come on our show we want things that you guys, we want you guys to write us and tell us things you exactly. want to learn on our show. Exactly. We'll put it on our show. Yep. So talk to us, communicate with us, be with us, be a part of us. That's mm-hmm. what we're all about. Yep. So that's what we want. You can do any topic. We'll try to tackle it. Again, email it, albadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com, and we'll try We'll try to tackle it. And you know, if we can't, we'll let you know. We can't. But we, go ahead. Go. We covet your prayers. Um, we have an update on Levi, Holly, um, probably on our next show. So, so we'll see you next week. All righty. Sounds good to me. I'll be here. Will you be here? I'll be here. Okay. Then we'll both be here. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being here this week. Be sure to join hosts Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher for another edition of Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Enjoy the upcoming weekend.